Podcasting straight from North Carolina is Dr. Jennifer Eichner-Lowry sharing her author journey with you. Jen Lowry writes is a place where amazing things happen for authors and readers together. The Holy Spirit is the ultimate podcast host. Jen is just the bird singing the song. She is a published author, educator, homeschool mama, life coach, and dreamer. Join her on the daily journey of discovering what this writing life is all about. Let's see what she will be led by the Holy Spirit to talk about today. Here's Jen. Thanks for supporting my Jen Lowry Writes podcast. My purpose is to inspire and encourage others to chase after their writing goals with faith and courage. By hitting the support this podcast button and with your monthly contribution of 99 cents, $4.99 or $9.99, you are helping me chase after mine. Welcome to my official author podcast. My name is Dr. Jennifer Lowry, and today I've got to share with you guys what happened yesterday at the faculty showcase. It was just amazing. Okay, so if you guys don't know about like what my credentials are, if you're just catching me with this podcast and you don't know the all about me, because <laughs> I do have, listen, you guys were my tribe. And I do have followers from last year that have stuck with me on this journey. Um, And then I'm sure that I get new listeners each day. And you guys are like, who is this woman? Um, So I went to UNC Pembroke, which I absolutely love my university. I got a degree in special education, K-12, and religion. I double majored. And it was because I was passionate about learning about the Lord, too. And I wanted to serve him and to teach. So that's my route. So I did that work. And then I went and got my master's from NC State in education. K-12 again. I have English 912 and I have reading specialist K-12 as well. (laughs) Added to that. Then I did my doctorate in not special education, but in Christian ministry. And so there you go. You've got, you know, my whole educational resume. So when I was setting up my fall tour in the spring, I thought Sweet Potato Jones was going to be coming out in September. So on September the 13th, or the 12th, one of those days, that was actually supposed to be my release date. So I started emailing everybody and their mama under the sun, telling them that, you know, I'm about to get a book published. I would love to be able to come and share my story, share about Sweet Potato, my author journey. And then my book got delayed with their sensitivity reads and their edits. It did not meet the editorial guideline date that they had set up for print. So my book got pushed to 2020. So now, here I am with these dates set up. Well, then what do you do? Some I had to cancel. Some I had to say, hey, I've got these other books. Can I talk about them? Sure. Come on. We've got you down. And so that's kind of like where I am right now in my fall tour. Just so you guys will kind of know um, how Sweet Potatoes fall tour ended up becoming the rest of the story. (laughs) 
the rest of my books. And I honor Sweet Potato Jones at each one of my events. I talk to everybody about her, tell people that she's coming. I call her the first sister, and now all of her other brothers and sisters are following after. Um, as far as my characters go, and they just ended up being published before her. So she's just kind of getting out of the way a little bit for them to do their thing, and then she's going to hit the scene. So I emailed my university because I would love to be uh, in a library somewhere. And I'm like, why can't I be at a library at, at my universities? So I emailed UNC Pembroke. I emailed NC State, and then I received an email back from UNC Pembroke and told and was asked to speak a um, and do a presentation at the faculty showcase. So yes, I was a faculty member there for um, six years. So I could say I was faculty, but they put down not that I was faculty, but that I served um, as a student there and graduated in 96 from there. And so that's what they put down on all the paperwork. I didn't even talk about my faculty positions and working um, with disability support services or, or any of that yesterday. It just I just talked like from the student angle because I did have faculty members in there, but it was mainly for students. So I kind of talked to them like I would talk to my high school students. They're not far removed from the high school experience. So I did a motivational talk about finding your voice and not being afraid. And it only just takes one, one time, one time. And I kept reiterating that point yesterday. Um, I shared the story at the showcase about standing up in the chair after my students. I had them to pronounce their dreams in chairs. They had me to stand up in the chair, and I said, I want to be an author. And after that, everything just started falling into place when I made that vocalization of my dream, and it started with one chair. And so that's that's what happened. That's what the Holy Spirit gave me. And after the speech was over, okay, so let's talk about speeches here. So you're giving this presentation. I walk in and I notice that there is um, a projector screen there, and I'm like, "Oh wow! I could have had pictures of my books. I didn't. Um, I didn't know this ahead of time. I could have done like kind of like a TED talk with quotes. I'm like, dag on. So from now on, if I am if I am given an opportunity, um, I'm definitely going to bring material like that just to have myself a backup." But when I asked about it, they were like, no, we just want you to speak. We would just like for you to speak for 20 minutes. And I'm like, sure, that's great. I can talk about books all day. <laughs> um, so I wasn't thinking, you know, to bring anything like that, which is fine. Um, I wasn't so worried about the speech that way because I did not have any notes in front of me. I just got up and I, I prayed. I prayed all the way there. I've been praying for weeks um, up to the event. I prayed all the way there. And I, would, I just kept saying, the Holy Spirit, give me the words that I need to say for this audience. Um, which means that with every audience, there will be something just a little different maybe. Just something that will come out that will be for that person that's sitting in that room that needs to hear that. 
And so yesterday I talked about community and building relationships at the university. Um, it just came out. It just, I was like, you are so blessed, you know, to be at a place where you can truly have authentic relationships with people. And then I brought that back in and I'm like, maybe that's why when I get my reviews or people talk with me about my books, they'll say the characters were real. And I says, because this was the place that grounded me um, in that understanding um, in a very strong way and imprinted my life. And so, you know, I talked about things like that for that audience, which I would probably not talk about if I wasn't in my college setting. Then I look up and, you know, without having to have notes, I'm having eye contact with everyone in the room. And I'm just looking at everyone and I'm smiling and I'm talking and I'm talking about what I love. And I have my books in my hand and it helps me to like to go through and talk about each one. And I didn't talk about all of them. I didn't, I didn't talk about, um, cause I was running out of time and, um, I had them give me the signal to when my time was up. Um, but here I am, you know, standing there going, you know, I can do this work and it's so much easier without bullet points without papers in front of me going through and you know I just was very thankful to the Holy Spirit for allowing me to have that moment to to yet again say you know you lean on me Jennifer I'm going to take care of you and that's exactly what happened I leaned upon the Lord and the wisdom and the words and the, the appropriate time and place and setting and I just said Lord take this and he did so I look up at the end of this, I'm nearing the end of the presentation, and I see um, among the crowd, my professor. Now guys, y'all know I get emotional. I get emotional in a hot minute. I'm sitting there, oh my gosh, and now I just broke, and I said, I don't want to cry. And I was like, I cannot believe you're here. And it was my professor in the SPED department, my special ed department who was very impactful in my life and was such a positive role model and I could barely handle it. Um, and so there goes Dr. Locklear sitting there and I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, um, Tyler Locklear, look, I've got you in the book. <laughs> she knew many um, people that were honored in the book. It was just amazing. She, she knew my story as a college student and so after my talk was over, I just went to the straight beeline to the back. And Dr. Locklear and I stood for the longest time while the two other presenters went. And I know it was kind of rude, but I caught up with her. And it just was like, I had to be like talking with her, telling her everything. She was asking tons of questions. She was telling me her life, sharing pictures of her children. And it was just lovely. So lovely. She met my husband and my kids and, um, she kept bragging, bragging, found out they were kin to each other. And it was like, oh my gosh, the boys, look at y'all. Y'all are kin to her. And I just, I don't know why I didn't forgot it. Um, their dad was like, you forgot? I've told you. And I'm like, I just, I guess I couldn't place it. I couldn't remember. And, um, and so here I am, you know, around someone that really made a difference in my life on that day. 
with my books that she could you know we could, she could see me talking about my books and so I got invited back to the education department to speak about the Raptor Revolution in the teacher's guide so now I will follow up about that about scheduling that for next year or scheduling it for a November date so that is just you know that is so cool that 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 led to that door opening and now I'll get to speak to education majors and so when you know when I went back they did a question and answer and I did have a few questions you know what what genre is harder to really talk to people about and I'm like well honestly horror when I start even um, the subcategory of like demonic possession just doing that alone um, it's either gonna say wow that sounds cool I want to read it or heck no that's on the other extreme there's kind of like no middle ground and I talked about like if you write about serial killers not only could that say well this is horror but it can be crime fiction and thriller um, and then you've got you know people that are all into cop shows and everything like that they might say okay I'll read that one but they might not want to read about demons and I said so that's the hardest one I think that I have had to be able to talk to people to sell and I talked about how the fantasy is the easiest um, because so many people were um, raised in the Narnia Percy Jackson Harry Potter Hobbit world and I always bring my favorite books up um, just to give them book choices in case they've never read these and I say you know because of that I think it's just easier and people can navigate fantasy more I said so it's really easy to talk about my mythological creatures and, and lyric Harper and it's very easy to talk about the music elements in all of my books because people navigate to music so we taught that and we talked about that for a few minutes one girl's interested in my poetry book wanting to know the name of it and how did I put that together so I shared that story about Queen contacting me and then next thing I know I've, I've got to write one if I'm gonna help Queen put one together and so it took one email and I said and then that brings me back to that one door opening that one idea that one finding your voice moment um, that defining moment in each one of our stories and so that brought that back full circle and so when everybody um, was closing down they did a raffle and I donated four of my books and they gave away four to the people in the audience and there were four guys that got my books and all the girls were going no I want them how are they getting them and it was like all at one table it was hilarious um, and then I signed books for them and talked with them that um, stayed after and then when they all left there was this one little girl that was just sitting there and she was sitting behind me and she sat at a table by herself and she just she just said I want to write now what I found to be wonderful about that is because during the presentation I always ask people I learned this from going to a presentation and watching someone else talk about books when they said you know do we have any writers in here and I said songwriters I did the kind of the same thing 
and no one raised their hand. And I'm like, no writers? And then I'm like, well, tell me what you're passionate about. And one girl said painting. And so we talked about um, going after your passion and putting it to good use and making sure at this moment in your time, you're making calls, you're connecting with people, you're interning, you're, you're doing everything you can to build your experience as a college student. So I went that route with the painting, but it could apply to anything. And so when I asked that question out loud, she did not raise her hand. She did not have the look of, oh yes, my eyes lit up and I'm, it's me. I'm the one that's sitting here with this secret. Um, so at the end, when she said, you know, that she wanted to write, I'm like, baby, what do you write? And she said, I write poetry. And so we started talking about poetry. We started talking about common problems that, you know, we have that we're, we're always wanting other people to critique and to interpret. And it's just so, so open and it's our emotion. We talked about poetry for a few minutes and we were just breaking, breaking all of that down. And then she looked at me and she said, you encouraged me. When I listened to you, I knew that this was something that I wanted to do that I want to write my poetry and I want to write a book and that alone was the trip at first I thought the trip um, was you know to be back at my university to be back in that library that I used to walk with tons of books in my hand um, to connect with people that I had once known and, and respected and loved Dr. Canada you know Dr. Locklear you know I thought that that's what this was about and then I realized sitting there that it was just about her. It was about me traveling and going and, and doing all that for that one girl. And so we stayed around a little bit more and we talked and talked. And she said, can I get your email? She already had my bookmark in her hand. But I gave her my card that had my email, my phone. And I'm like, you're going to text me. You're going to, when you when you keep writing, when you get to that point, you're going to reach out to me. And I'm going to help you. Um, and so, here I am. I had my poetry book in my hand. I was able to show her um, the model. Because I carry, you know, a copy of my books around with me wherever I go. And so I was able to kind of show her the model. And then I'm like, you know, this, you know, just keep writing, sweetie. Just keep writing. Um, she was not majoring in English. Um, she was local. It was wonderful to see another local girl. And I was like, you know, God, you know, thank you for this. And so then to affirm her, her professor was there. And so I looked to her professor and I said... Um, she wants to be a writer, and, and, and he looked extremely like, oh, well, I always knew she's a smart girl. And I'm like, yeah, she, she wants to be a poet. She's a poet, and she's going to publish a book. And I say that in terms of this is going to happen, and I, I speak that over people because they need to hear it said from someone else. And I said, she's a poet. And they're like, it's so, oh my gosh, and look what you've got to just listen to. And, and I'm like, you know, she was like, I know. And I was like, and look at her. She didn't raise her hand. They're like, yeah. And you're so quiet in class. You never talk. I'm like, well, then she's like me. She's introverted. She's got a lot going on up in her head. <laughs> and we laughed about that. And um, 
when she walked out and she left, the professor came to me and said, you know, she sits with her classmates. She had some of her classmates even in here. And she doesn't really speak, but she's so smart. And she shows me how smart she is. I mean, he was like, I'm so glad you had this opportunity to hear this. And I'm like, me too. And she's local. Oh, I didn't know that. And I'm like, yes. And so, you know, I got to speak with the professor. So now I have a great feeling that that professor will continue to look out for her and encourage her um, because that's what we do at colleges like that. Um, we take people under and we keep them in our hearts for life. Um, so then the librarian came to me and talked with me about my presentation. And, you know, she didn't have to come up to me. It, it was like total random. And she told me, you know, how much she loved it how wonderful it was, how inspiring it was. And I'm like, you know what? I'm like, Lord did that. Holy Spirit, all Holy Spirit. I cannot claim anything that I do as my own. You guys know that. I'm giving all credit to the Lord as we should in all of our work. And we should work as if we're working for the Lord. And so yesterday when I was there, you know, just letting go, there was no nervousness. It was just me up there talking. I was nervous beforehand until I got into the space. And once I settled myself into the library, surrounded by books, surrounded by my college symbols, it all hit me that I can't believe this is happening. And I, and I even said it, you know, I can't believe that I'm standing here holding these instead of those, and these are mine. And, you know, a boy was like, I want to read those. Are they gonna be in the library? And I'm like, I hope so. Um, I thought that I was going to be donating them to the library. Didn't know it was for the talk to be given away as, as prizes, which was even, that was so cool because the kids that got to see me there got an opportunity to have a book and maybe, you know, they can share it around, keep it up in their dorm room, and then people will be like, hey, who wrote that? And then you can share it with the world that way, one book at a time. Um, and so either way, I was very pleased that the books... Um, were meant for who they were meant for. Let's just put it that way. That table of boys meant were meant to have them. They got them. I just I just know that having these experiences, they're for God's work. They're to meet people, connect with people. For me, having been poured into my spirit yesterday by seeing my professor, that poured into me, and then me being able to pour into others through the Lord. And just the Lord connecting me, you know, it was all planned. The Lord knew that that little girl was going to be sitting in this audience when I scheduled this long time ago. Like it was, it was between March through May. I can't remember exactly what month that I started sending out these cold emails to people requesting fall tour dates. Um, and it, but it was early in the spring. And when I received that yes, it was for that girl. And there may have been someone else in that audience that just didn't come forward. And it could have been for them too. But whoever or whatever happens, you know, after the event, you know, whatever happens, just always always you know look and seek opportunities 
And so now that I've had this one, now I get to email others and I, you know, I just did this. You know, you're adding to your resume. And can I continue to now set up my 2020 tour? Now, I have not had any time to devote on my 2020 tour. I only have one thing set up for 2020 in January. And I don't have anything else after January. So I know that I've got to get the ball rolling. I've got to go start making more contacts. Um, I need to do my Barnes & Noble walk-in. Um, I gave advice to a writer friend. She did it. She already has her stuff set up. I'm like, you know what? I'm giving this advice out. Now I need to take it. So, you know, I understand that I still have a lot of work in this area to do. And I do believe that my writing is going to slow down in a little bit. I'm going to come to a point where it is going to slow. Um, I finished up just just at the end of this podcast um, before I make it to work because I'm almost to work. I had to get here really early. I'm 20 minutes early today because we're testing um, and I have to proctor an exam, a national exam. So it's going to be, those are one of the most tiring days you will ever have as a teacher. I cannot express to you how stressful it is to proctor an exam. you would think it wouldn't be, but um, I would rather just be up teaching any day of the week. And then my kids have to have a sub again for two days in a row. It's not, not a good, p- pretty picture for me. But I have to still do my job and do what I'm told. But, um, so I'm there super early. But I wanted to tell you guys that um, I lost my train of thought. Oh, what well, what happened yesterday? So even though I got home at 9 o'clock last night, after having the event and having to drive and, and do all of that, I finished up my Christmas wedding. Uh, a magical Christmas wedding round one edits are done. Then I went into round two by looking at my filler words because I have a problem with that and just. Um, I'm going to have to go in again and take out my just. I really like the way that... Um, the highlighted words looked yesterday. It looked a little different on my word processor. I'm using ProWriting Aids straight into my document now because I was having problems with ProWriting Aids and the spacing when I would copy and paste. So my strategy was great, but then I found that I had to do additional work to that to make it where um, I was missing curly quotations and it was messing up with some of my spacing. So I just found now I'm now this time I'm trying to do the edits all together, even though it's a sixty thousand word document. I'm still um, and it's a long document with a lot. I'm still learning the ProWriting Aid into the system there. So I went through and pulled up ProWriting Aid and did that edit. So that was my round one edit. Well, my round one edit was reading it all. So let me go back. I read the entire um, novel from front to back, making sure I didn't have any discrepancies, any plot holes that I needed to fill. Um, I did catch a couple of things in my my rundown. So I was just doing my own surface edits while I was reading. Once I got to that, to the end of my whole read, then I went in and I did my pro-writing aid. So that's what I worked on was my pro-writing aid edits so those are completed so i can check that off 
and when I did my final check um, of pro writing aid, it says that I have, you know, 100% grammar, and it was like 70% style, and my style is not as high, and I understand why, because I do have slang in some of my dialogue pieces, um, and I have some adverbs in there. You're supposed to stay away from them as much as you can, but the, there were some that I strategically just left in that I wanted them in there. They read well in the sentence, and I so, but they weren't, I did not overuse them. Um, it's not like I used the same adverb um, 20 times. It was like, it would show up one time. It's going to make the score go down a little. Um, and so, there were a few passive verbs that I do have to go back in and look at my passive verbs and try to make them a little bit more active for it to read better. So I do know I've got to do that check of passive and then I need to do the check for, um, what's it called? Just and that and was. And so I'm gonna be looking for those filler words. I started with just because that was one of my primary, uh, my primarily my largest used word but I like the way it highlighted. So then I would see, oh my gosh, I've got three just on this page. Before it would just go from one word to the next. Well, now it's showing them up highlighted in the text. So that way I can say, gosh, I do have a problem with this. I used it in this dialogue piece and now I'm using it down there. I don't know if you guys noticed, do I have a problem with just when I'm talking? Do I say that was just da 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 da, -da all the time? Because <laughs> if I do, well, it's surely showing up in my writing. I also have an issue with contractions. I know that. Um, I had the same problem with the magical Christmas wedding, but I've already fixed that. I fixed the contractions when I read it through the first time. So now I don't have that problem. Um, every time I read the dialogue, I read it first, and then I reread it, make sure it sounded like authentic voice, and then I wanted to make the contraction changes. So I was doing that, like kind of double the dialogue work in there when I was reading through. So it kind of did take me longer to do my edits, but I was trying to be as meticulous as I could. Um, then I would just get to the point last night where I was like, okay, you just, you're just going to have to wait because <laughs> I was, I was falling asleep. So we went to bed and um, knowing that I still have a lot of the edits to do before November 5th, that is gonna keep me busy. And so that's where I'm pretty much at with a magical Christmas wedding. But I can say that I love the story. I love the characters. Um, I love how they develop and evolve. I love um, their backstory. I love everything um, about this book. And I feel like it would bring my mom joy if she would be able to read the book. And that's who I wrote that one for, to honor the Lord and then to honor my mother. So that one's for my mom. And I can say after writing it and looking back at it, um, I can stand behind this work knowing who I wrote that book for. And I hope that my readers, if they find this book and they invest in this book, not only their money, but their time, that they love it too. Another good news for the author world out there, just to give you guys an update about my boyfriend's back. My boyfriend's back, Graceland Johnson, 
she's made it to audio um, in the final stages. We're doing, um, they just have to do the author's note, author's bio, and the thanks for reading. Um, they didn't put that in. So when I was doing my checks of the ACX um, submissions, I wanted her to go in and add those elements at the very end of the credits. And once she finishes those, well, see, it sent her that email yesterday. Once she finishes those, I'm going to be able to then hit accept. It's a lovely book. I love this narrator's voice. I am so impressed with quality of her work and her timeliness. This was actually supposed to be finished on Halloween, and she's already finished with it by the 14th of October. Um, and so I will say that I loved that speediness about her. I asked her, would she please be willing to... Um, work on my next book, which I'm going to ask her to do um, my Christmas book, A Magical Christmas Wedding. I want that. I want all of my books to be in audio for that accessibility. And um, now that I have met these um, narrators that I love, I'm going to continue to reach out for them. And if they pray about it and the Holy Spirit, you know, guides them to continue working with me, um, that would be amazing. So, that's the update on my ACX platform. If you guys didn't know, Lyric is already in audio, so you guys can check that out. It's one credit, or it's um, $10 for the audio. It's like 10 something The Raptor Revolution went on sale yesterday on Amazon. I don't have any control over that. It went down to $11 instead of $13.99. So, whatever happened, it's prime shipping and $11. So, you guys, if it's still on sale today, you need to check that out and get it while you can. Um, and uh, spread the news about the books out there circulating in the world. That's, that's one thing, a gift that you can give for me today. One is liking this podcast, um, rating the podcast, sharing out this platform but also sharing out the books and i'm um, just find me on social media and retweet or share out you can find me on facebook linkedin twitter instagram i'm there and i will admit that i am um kind of spread thin right now and so i've not been putting up a lot about bridges but what i have put up the facebook live video on my facebook author page jen lowry author that is still continuing to get clicks each day so what i am putting up there is at least i do have the discussion rolling about bridges but i know i need to do more um, i'm going to continue to do more with the work um, when i catch up <laughs> But right now with the fall tour, those are my two events in October. I did the John Blue Festival and I did the faculty showcase at the university. Those are my two events. I told you guys, if you could get two events in a month to constantly put your, yourself in the face of readers and connecting with people, that would be amazing if you did such a thing. Um, and then who knows next year if I can continue this and have two a month. It might turn into four a month and it might turn into full time a month in like five years from now. And I might be a full time author. Um, but this work is in front of us for the season. We just have to really invest in the time, send out those emails, follow up with people, make connections with people, and say, hey, I'm setting up my tour for 2020. 
would you um, have any spaces available for me to share my story? And then there you go. That's your email pitch. This is who you are. This is what you write. This is how you could bring value to the listener and then go for it. And I challenge you today to look at 2020 events. I'm already starting to look at festivals. Festivals bring in huge crowds. So I'm definitely looking at festivals for next year. So I, I take that back. I already have um, two things lined up for 2020. Um, they asked me to come back to the festival again. They asked me to come back to the bookstore again. So I already made those connections strong enough to get my name put back on. So I've got two events next year. And then I'm just waiting for the next ones to to, uh, to be lined up, which means I've got to get to work and start doing those filler emails. So maybe that'll be something. Um, we're volunteering this weekend and serving the Lord through prison ministry with One Day with God, and if you've never done One Day with God, I want to challenge you to look it up. Either donate if you can't go, if there's nothing local to you, donate to the cause, or um, at least read about One Day with God, so you guys will know what we uh, spend our time with, with supporting prison ministries. Um, we also do another prison ministry as well in our family, but this is the one that got us started into prison ministry. So, um, so we're doing that on Saturday, and that is an all-day event, so I don't know how much writing I'll get done, but UFC's Friday night, so then there goes my Friday night. Um, so maybe Sunday I'll be able to not only work on a magical Christmas wedding, but go ahead and start sending out emails for 2020. Maybe that's what I'll put on my agenda for, for Sunday. All right, guys, I hope that y'all have a blessed day, and happy Wednesday. And if you have um, your 50-word Halloween stories, go ahead and send them to me because the deadline was yesterday. And if I get any stories, I'm going to post them up on my blog and showcase your work. So, um, JenLowryWrites at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Okay, bye, guys. Now that you found me on the Jen Lowry Writes podcast, I challenge you to head over to where books are sold and find me there. I've published 11 books so far, and I write clean books for all ages. Horror, paranormal, sweet romance, fantasy, historical fiction, you name it, I've got your genre. Search Jen Lowry at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Kobo, and more. And for my Bible devotionals, you'll see my full name, Dr. Jennifer Eichner Lowry on Amazon. So I challenge you today to go out there and write something inspiring and share it with the world. Thanks for joining me on Jen Lowry Writes. You guys have a blessed day.